Well, hello, Mosaic family. How we doing? Good to see you. My name's Kyle. I'm the worship team leader here. Uh, this is Bree. She's singing tonight with me. Uh, she's one of our awesome worship volunteers. Uh, I want to invite you to stand up as we focus and fix our eyes tonight on Jesus. We're going to sing a classic worship song that's one of my favorites called Shout to the Lord. Uh, but just prepare your hearts uh, to, to encounter him tonight.
truth to be singing tonight, yeah? Oh, isn't that a good one? You can clap. It's a celebration. Hey, uh, my name's Colin, and I'd love it if you would just take a second, and if you would look around you, maybe you see someone you haven't said hey to yet, maybe you see a face you don't know, and you want to take 20 seconds, go ahead and greet the saints, the brothers, the sisters around you. Welcome back. Good, I missed you, man. Hi. Long time no see. Oh, it's so good to see you. Beautiful. And you are welcome to take a seat once you're done, once you're done. Um, we call this time body life, which is where we talk about what's happening in the life of this body of believers. Uh, if you're brand new, We'd love to meet you. Easiest way to get connected. Let us buy you a coffee or a meal. Um, and we'd love to hear your story. Even if you were here last week, Nick talked about that. Mosaic stories, all broken, all matter. One gets the glory. We would love to get to hear your story and even what brought you into this place tonight. Um, and if you call this place home and you are not a part of a small group yet, um, this is a sliver of what happens here at Fellowship. Uh, we come together and we worship in this space on Saturdays so that we can go break out into homes, coffee shops, uh, classrooms, wherever it be across Northwest Arkansas to stir one, up, stir one another up for good works in our city and beyond. So um, can I get, if you're a small group leader, uh, a shepherd of small group leaders, would you go ahead and just stand for us so that we could see your face? Come on, small group, don't be shy. Oh, come on. Yes, there's some, there's some. Um, hey, I have found it the best way to get plugged into a small group is to walk up to one of those folks and say, tell me more about it. So if you're not in one, please, we'd love to connect you. And uh, a couple of other opportunities coming your way. Um, it's beautiful here in community, in relationships, as well as we wanna see every single person that has a, a, a booty and a seat in this room, pardon my French, uh, you have signed up to be a spiritual leader, a maturing disciple following Jesus with a ministry focus. Um, some things happening, maybe this is you and your spouse, you and your roommates, maybe this is you and your small group if you're looking for what should we do this fall? Some really cool things coming down the pipeline. One is uh, re-engage, uh, marriage enrichment. Maybe you are coming in here and it's like, man, we are barely even getting into this space and holding it together in our marriage right now. You're welcome here. And also, I would encourage you to come join us in this class and learn to, to, to process some of that with a small group, with other peoples. Maybe your small group is, is together and, and you guys have been working through some of the different stages of marriage. I just couldn't encourage you enough. Please use this, utilize this opportunity. It's amazing. Uh, next, if you have never been in a small group before or you are brand new, Discover is the on-ramp into not just a small group, but to the life of fellowship. This is how we actually long to see people come into membership and join us here at this body. So if you are new and you haven't, uh, or maybe you've been like coming for six weeks or six months and you're like, I'm just kind of sitting on the sidelines, not doing anything, um, join us for Discover. Uh, we'll feed you, we'll take care of you, as well as get you in a small group uh, to process what's happening here and what Jesus is doing. And lastly, uh, this one's great. Uh, if you have never done Panorama, can't encourage you enough. We'll be doing it uh, during this hour on Saturdays. Is that right? No, it's on Sundays. My bad. What, Melanie? Hi, Melanie. Tell me what's happening. 
Oh, there's two options, everybody. There's a Saturday during second hour. There's a Saturday during first hour. And then there's a Sunday morning one. So did everyone catch that? Let's give Melanie a round of applause. <laughs> Clearly, Melanie should be up here. Uh, it's incredible, though, if you're looking to go deeper into the word with followers of Jesus or with your small group, sign up. And uh, ladies, where are we at, ladies? Let's hear it. Come on. Um, we have some incredible opportunities. Uh, Melissa Church, uh, Dana Barron, Carrie Tucker. I mean, just some hitters of spiritual leaders. Write this content and open up spaces with childcare. No applause for that one? Are you serious? Like, <laughs> I got my kids from school. Total shame moment. I got my kids from school yesterday. They've only been there three days. And it was five o'clock on a Friday night. And I was like, Monday cannot come sooner. Child care provided. But hey, check out this video to let you know some of what's coming for our women's ministry and studies. I received my salvation as an adult. Um, I spent some time in Sunday school as a kid, off and on, um, hearing the Bible stories, but that's about as far as my uh, Sunday school and Bible learning went as a child. So when I started attending church as a saved adult with the Holy Spirit, the Lord from the very beginning gave me um, just really a hunger to, to understand His Word. Um, I started Sunday school or adult Bible fellowship. And then I spent most of the time with my hand in the air. I, not like I had all the answers, but I had all the questions. Um, we were studying John at the time, and I can remember thinking, I don't know whether to turn to the left or, or to the right. I had all the questions, and I wanted to be a good Christian. I wanted to share my faith with other people, but I didn't even know how to defend the Word. I didn't know how it worked. I didn't know uh, where it came from. Is it believable? Why is it believable? Um, I just I didn't know anything. I wasn't equipped with anything. So I started to look for the material that I wanted for myself, and I found some of that in online resources. And I um, met some men who were not afraid to challenge me and had high expectations for me and believed that it was possible for me to learn um, things at a little deeper level uh, than what was being offered in my Sunday school and in my women's ministry material. And so because of that, I've just tried to cobble together a course of study for myself that's not seminary level, it's just very approachable. So I approached Carrie really from my own need and my own desire to um, have material available to women that was approachable. And um, I wanted to partner with Mosaic Women in providing that and putting together kind of a training program for women to teach the fundamentals of how to handle the Bible, not from a seminary level, but from a level that's comfortable for me and so comfortable really for anyone. Um, I, I want women to feel confident in handling the Word of God. We're, we're commanded to um, make ourselves workmen approved and to be ambassadors for Christ and to make disciples and to teach. And we can't do that unless we have a good foundation of biblical knowledge. So that's what Biblical Foundations is really meant to provide. Um, just a very basic 
uh, level beginning class that teaches you what the Bible is, where it came from, how it's organized, and how to use it. And that's really just been born from my own need and my own desire for, for, for knowledge. favorite sermons I've gotten to do at this church was sitting with Melissa on the stage working through the book of Ruth and uh, our ladies in particular some of the the spiritual leaders um, that have this content is phenomenal so can't encourage you enough if you are in a season where you feel dry in the scriptures and you're just looking for some life um, or if you're feeling ill-equipped you're going "I, I don't necessarily know how to read this book 66 books with all these different authors in three different languages what do I do um, please check the website, sign up. We couldn't encourage you enough uh, to join us in that. Beautiful? Lastly, um, we're about to do our offering prayer. Um, we do this as a congregation every Saturday night uh, so that we could not just uh, give our finances, but even from a posture of allowing God to, to give us good gifts and renewing our heart. And I don't know if you've seen the news lately or if you've heard what's been going on with, with the fires and some of the disasters taking place over in Maui. Um, brutal, yeah? And uh, even tonight, as, as we pray with our offering prayer, we wanted to pray with a, a heart and a posture towards our brothers and sisters who are on the grounds over there, as well as just for, for the, the men and women and children who've lost lives, companies, businesses, and, and just ask for God's kingdom to do what only he can do. If you feel so led, we have a disaster relief uh, fund that you can immediately give to, and uh, it's going to go to partners and connections and ministries on the ground that uh, we long to just see uh, supported by us. That's something, if you look throughout the New Testament, the church does for one another well, don't they? But um, as we pray with our offering prayer, could you just imagine yourself praying this prayer with the saints on the island of Maui? Would you pray these words with me? Oh, Father, giver of all, every good and perfect gift comes from you. We ask you to accept these gifts and use them to your glory. May they bring shelter to the homeless, comfort to the sick, rest to the weary, and hope to the hopeless. As you multiplied the offering of fish and loaves, Multiply these to accomplish more than we can ask or imagine. We give freely and not under compulsion, for all we have is yours, Lord, because nothing we could give can match your great gift to us of your Son and your Spirit. Amen. Amen, church. Would you stand with us as we worship? Continue to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. It's my challenge for you tonight. So anytime your attention starts to go away, just ask the Holy Spirit to bring your eyes back to Him. Let's sing this together. Giver of life. You give life. You are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope. Restore every heart that is broken. 
with our breath is your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise pour out our praise it's your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise to you only sing that again the earth lift your voice and all the earth will shout that's it our hearts will cry these bones will sing things have passed 
Would you have a seat for a moment? I'd love to share a song tonight. It's just been one of my favorites over the years, but we're focusing on the love of God this week. Um, and this is one of those songs that speaks to it. Do we have any creative writers in the room, especially? Uh, if you are a creative writer, this kind of is a song that I think will lean itself towards you. Um, but it talks about how the love of God is so vast beyond anything we can even compare it to with words. It's so hard to describe. So I wanna invite you to open up your mind and listen. Don't just try to think, but just experience the love of God tonight as we sing this song over you guys. The love of God is greater far than ink or pen can ever tell it goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell the guilty pair bowed down with care God gave his son to win his erring child he reconciled and parted from his sin oh love of God how rich and pure how measureless and strong it shall forevermore endure the saints and angels' song. Could we with ink the ocean fill and were the sky? of parchment made where every star on earth a quill and every man a scribe by trade to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry nor could the scroll contain the whole though stretched from sky to sky you know it let's sing it oh love of god how rich and pure how measureless and strong it shall forever more One more time, lift the voice. Oh, love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong. It shall forevermore endure the saints and angels' song.
Would you please stand as we read the word of God tonight? My name is Ashish. She said I. Thank you. Uh, being a part of Mosaic for the last two, two whole months. <laughs> and I love it in here. Uh, for, for those who don't know me, my name is Ashish again. I come from Nepal. Came to the United States two years ago as a student. Graduated last May. And right now I'm getting this privilege to serve as a resident with the community group uh, in Mosaic. And I love it here. Um, let's hear from the the word of the Lord. So today we're reading from Matthew 22, 34 to 40. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Ashish. Well, hello and good evening. If we've not met, I'm Matt Nate, so I work with kiddos here. Love to get to do that. And uh, had a funeral this morning, but got to wear the tie. I got as a wedding gift on Thursday from Enoch. If you know Enoch and Aaron, they got married this week, so... A big celebration there, but uh, decided to get dressed in the morning and not change throughout the day, so I'm a little overdressed for Mosaic, but uh, we'll deal with it, all right? Um, So the last couple weeks have seen us trying to catch a vision of how we might grow together. So Jason, the first week, he led us uh, in in developing a vision for making disciples, and he, he challenged us to remember that our mission statement at this church ends with and the world, that it can't stop here in our Northwest Arkansas community, but we've got to have eyes on all of humanity. And so he said that uh, he's challenged us to go, and he challenged us to support those who go in missionary work. And then last week, Nick led us in trying to recapture the mosaic metaphor, that, that uh, all are broken, and yet all matter to God, and, and one God alone gets the glory. And he challenged us to to remember and recall our mosaic story, that we too were broken and yet we mattered to God and he gets the glory as he redeems us. And so it's a pretty cool thing. Tonight, we're gonna wrestle with trying to answer this question here. What is the principal work of every believer everywhere at every time? What is the principal work of every believer everywhere at every time? And to totally set that aside for a moment, um, I normally set aside my kids' pastor impulses when I come up here, and I try to be real serious, and I've tried to garner trust with you, but I'm going to maybe throw that all out the window because we're going to play a game, okay? We're going to do a little kids' stuff tonight together. So the game is this, all right? I pulled some famous taglines from films, and the tagline, that's that single line that sums up the whole film. It appears on all the advertising, and it's supposed to compel you to go to the theater, buy the tickets, and view the film. It somehow tells the whole story without telling the whole story, and it leaves enough unanswered that you want to spend 20 bucks in two hours trying to get that question answered. 
So we're going to look at some taglines. I'm not necessarily endorsing all these films, so don't get grumpy and ruin the whole game, all right? Your kids wouldn't, and you don't have to. Deal? All right. So first one out of the gate. Which of these is the tagline to Apollo 13? Is it a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away? Mix? No? No? All right. Is it Houston? We have a problem. Oh, oh, everybody's a smarty pants in here. Good. Is it in space? No one can hear you scream. Ooh. Or is it he is afraid? He is alone? He is three million light years from home. Anybody brave enough to guess D? No? Anybody know what D is? E.T. Yeah, very good. I was going to call somebody out. If you thought Tom Hanks was three million light years from home, we might need to like sit down and look at some scale of the universe stuff. Cool? Uh, But yes, you're correct. It is Houston. We have a problem. And it was Star Wars, Alien, and E.T. All right, question two. Which of these is the tagline to Finding Nemo? Is it one man's struggle to take it easy? Is it there are 3.7 trillion fish in the ocean and they're looking for one? Is it just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water? Or is it D, maybe the best tagline of all time? Unwittingly, he trained a dolphin to kill the president of the United States. I want to know. We'll, we'll get to that. Anybody got a guess? D is wrong, Dewey. You're out. Just kidding. It is B. That's right. Uh, so A was Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which just that tagline tickled me when I was thinking about the actual Finding Nemo plot. It just worked. Uh, C was Jaws 2. And D is the 1973 film Day of the Dolphin, starring George C. Scott. I've never seen it. Has anybody seen that? I assumed not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the tagline worked for me. I want to see it. But anyway. Uh, last question, and this is my ornery one, all right? Name the tagline of the passion of the Christ. Is it A, the world forever changes? Is it B, you don't get to 500 million friends without making a few enemies? Is it C, he may be dead, but he's the life of the party? Or is it D, one man changed the world forever? Any guesses? Anybody? The correct answer is actually D. One man changed the world forever. Weekend at Bernie's is such a good tagline. I just had to do it. Sorry. All right. So thanks for letting me play a game. It's totally silly, but not totally, totally silly. I did it because I wanted to start thinking about taglines, and it's going to help me make kind of a big point tonight. Because Jesus, at, at this point in this scripture, he's asked to name the most important of the commandments. And he gives what could be, for our purposes tonight, a tagline. It's, it's the benefit of the tagline that, that it's easy to remember. It somehow tells the whole story. It asks the question that you want answered. It makes you want to watch the film to find that answer. But it also can't possibly tell the whole story. Love God, love others. That's not possibly the whole story. And after watching the film... You could, any film, you could talk about at length what it means or what it's drawing on, how it's impacted you. You could go to conferences and gatherings, cons. I mean, like, you can really get deep into the lore of a film. And a tagline just doesn't quite do it. And that is the tension that I've been feeling as I've been prepping this message on the great commandment. Because on the one hand... Jesus has summed up the whole Bible in two verses, coupled together as the great commandment. 
If he said it in two, why should I take 200? I mean, he's, I cannot possibly expound on it in any meaningful way, or I can't say it more succinctly or more memorably. And on the other hand, Jesus has summed up the whole of the Bible in two verses coupled together as the great commandment. And I might have to preach through the whole Bible to give us an accurate picture of all that he's pulling into this great commandment. And obviously that's far too much for this evening. So we're gonna thread the middle between those and we'll we'll see how it goes tonight. So Matthew 22, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together, trading one group of religious zealots for another. And one of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Which is the most important? Of all the laws and precepts in the whole of the gathered scriptures, which supersedes the rest? The Pharisees themselves couldn't agree on which laws should be the weightiest. Was it, was it sacrifice or circumcision and belonging to the covenant family? Was it something else entirely? There's, there's factions breaking out. Now, if the hearts of the Pharisees were in a good place, this is a great question. It's an excellent question, and it's asked of just exactly the right person. It, it's as if you wrote a note to C.S. Lewis and just said, hey, would you just sum up, what's Chronicles of Narnia about? Who, who better to give you the, the little heart of the whole thing than the author himself? So a great direction for this question. Jesus has just been asked to pick the most important of all of God's laws, which ought to mean something to every believer, everywhere, at every time, right? And like he had just done with the Sadducees, Christ is going to give another incredible answer. He replies, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. What are the two things that Jesus quotes here? He pulls out two Old Testament things. The first is the Shema. It's the the passage repeated twice daily by every practicing Jew. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your strength. Now, obviously, heart and soul and strength, those are three different things, but we're to take them as a total package, standing in the place of the, the whole person, the totality of a man or woman devoted and given over to God. And then next he points to one law that's in an assorted legal section of Leviticus. But it's a law that in this day was already kind of being pointed to as like, maybe we look at this one. This one seems significant. And it reads like this. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. That sounds an awful lot like one of the other things that Jesus says is another point. We've come to call it the golden rule, but it's do to others as you'd want them to do to you. So I opened saying that this passage laid out the principal work of every believer everywhere at every time. What is that work? I think it's love. I think love 
is the principal work of every believer, everywhere, at every time. I, I even think that love might arguably be the theme of the Bible. If, if I were to ask you right now, go ahead and do this, think of a passage that mentions love. Lots of them. Maybe it's love is patient and kind in Corinthians. Maybe it's love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you in Matthew. Maybe you thought of we love because he first loved us in 1 John. Parents probably use this one. Maybe it came to mind quickly. If you love me, you will obey my commands, right? Uh, maybe you're new to this whole thing, but you, you, you're at least culturally aware of John three sixteen. For God so loved the world. Or maybe you just want to quote a lyric or a song, it's hard to like decipher, is this a Bible thing or a, just a pop culture thing? I can tell you that what's love got to do with it is Tina Turner, not anything in the scriptures, right? But we just, it's swirling around. And, and because of the, the, just the bulk of it all, what we can do tonight is just hold it up like a, like a multifaceted stone and we can look at one face of it. And, and hope by just looking at a single face of it, we might understand something about the, the, the bigger stone, okay? So back to Matthew 22. What was he asked in verse 36? He was asked to give the greatest commandment. And yet in this 37 through 40 passage, he gives the greatest two commandments. He gives the first, and then he gives a second, like it. That, that phrase, like it, meaning of equal importance, that's profound to me. Loving God and loving others carries the same weight of, of equal importance. And then Jesus says, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. The laws are all fulfilled when you or when I love God and love our neighbor as ourself. Really consider the, the works of the law. Like if we take the Ten Commandments, for example, the they're first and foremost directives on loving God, keeping him in his appropriate place and not misplacing our affections on any lesser gods. That's the essence of those first four commandments. And then secondly, they're directives on how to love our neighbors as ourselves. They're, we're guarding the lives of others as well as their possessions and their relationships. That's the, the gist of those last six. Now he has said, Love God and love your neighbor as yourself to the Pharisees. Are these Pharisees people who believe that they're loved by God because of who he is? Mostly no. Mostly they're a group of religious people who are so devoted to trying to demonstrate their love for God that, that they, they make rules upon rules to help them obey but they're often so overly legalistic that, that in their application of these rules that they end up being negligent of their fellow man. And so here Christ has called them out as a group that you're missing the main work. And so he makes it explicit. He could have just given the single commandment, love God. But he said, I know that love others hangs on that, but I just need to pull it off because you're, you're missing that. I need to make it as clear as you could make it here. I need to show you them both. You can't love God if you don't love others. In elementary service here at Mosaic, every week, the kids just 
yell during announcements. And they yell a, a, a call and response thing. So the, the leader up on stage will say, tonight we get to, and the kids yell. You want to do it, Dewey? Tonight we get to, and we get to, yeah. So we do it every week. And the kids, I mean, it's an opportunity to scream in church. So they take full advantage and it is loud and cacophonous and it's enjoyable for me. I'm, it's kind of cathartic to scream in church. If you've never done it, we're going to do it tonight in a little bit, but you can let the anxiety well up between here and there. So good. Um, but they just yell it. Love God, love others. It's so good. It's the kind of thing you just can memorize instantaneously, but that you're going to need a lifetime to practice and that we're going to have an eternity to perfect. Love God, love others. Love is the principal work of every believer, everywhere, at every time. But love doesn't just come out of the air. It's not just some warm, fuzzy feeling that we muster up. So let's look at another passage. And this one is in 1 John chapter 4. You can turn there. We'll be there for a little bit. We're jumping into the middle of a section on love. We're going to pick up in verse 7. He says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. So the source of love is God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. God is love. It's not just his work, but a very part of his character, his, his identity. He, he doesn't just do that. It's, it's who he is. And it's not just our work. But I believe it's part of our identity. Look at, look at these two verses and let's build a case together. Genesis 1.27 opens with the phrase, So God created mankind in his own image. <clears throat> every human being, believer or not, every human being bears the image of God carrying in themselves some representation of the divine, carrying his name and his banner in the world, whether they've humbled themselves before the cross of Christ or not. We all bear his image. People are valuable. I hope you know it. And then 1 John 4, 8 ends with, God is love. So we bear the image of the God who is love. So it's not just the work of his hands, but it's his very character. And as we bear that image, we can reflect that love. We're the only image bearers in creation. The only creatures gifted the assignment to love him and love others. Back to 1 John 4, picking up in 9. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. So the source of love is God and the demonstration of love is the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. This is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Sounds like Romans 5 8, that, that passage, God demonstrating His own love for us while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He loved us. So, dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Our motivation to love is living in light of being the objects 
of God's love, the, the very recipients of it. Now, is anybody uncomfortable in verse 11 there with the word ought? We also ought to love one another. I don't like it there. I don't, I'm not going to argue with the Bible, but I don't like it there. I mentioned that the, the elementary kids, they, they scream love God and love others. We call them our get-tos, not our have-tos, not our ought-tos. They're our get-tos. Why do we call them our get-tos? Well, I think when most of us say we ought to, we just layer it with shame, right? We, we, I ought to do the laundry tonight, but I'm just not motivated. Or I ought to lose five pounds, but I mean, Slim's Tenders and Cayenne Ranch, like good luck, right? So when John says we ought to love others, I think he's using ought to say in light of the love you've received from God, in light of the lavishness with which God has shown this love through the death of Christ, in light of loving us when we were most unworthy of love, how could we not love others? It's this word ought, it's from a root word in the Greek that means to be necessary, to be unavoidably determined by prior circumstances. So loving others is the unavoidable necessity determined by our prior circumstance of being loved by God. Loving others ought to be the only possible outcome. So when we say with kids, we get to love God and love others, we're using the heart of John's ought with the language that kids can grasp. It is an absolute privilege that we can encourage one another and help one another love God and love other people. Man, what a gift. We get to do these. What a gift. Is there another love like this? I can't think of one. He's the source of all love, the demonstrator of that love, especially at the cross, and the motivation to love. It's what we just sang, the love of God lyrics. Could we with ink the ocean fill as an inkwell so deep? And were the skies of parchment made, stretching farther than you can imagine? You, you can't outfly the sky. Just keep going. It's going to keep being there, and it's going to keep unrolling. Where every stalk on earth a quill, and every man, all eight billion of us and counting, a scribe by trade. To write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry, nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. The love of God is absolutely unimaginable. Unimaginable. And so a moment of vulnerability. Um, I read a little book. It's called You Have What It Takes. It's by John Eldridge. And he's encouraging new dads. He's speaking directly to men. And what he says, it just made me uncomfortable. It made me reflective. And so I want to share it, especially with the other men in the room tonight. He writes, then you, you let God love you. You let him get real close to you. I know it seems painfully obvious, but I'm telling you, few men are ever so vulnerable as to simply let themselves be loved by God. It is curious, that's maybe too weak of a word, curious to me that I have no problem saying God is love or that God loves this or God loves that. But it is hard for me sometimes to sit with 
God loves me. And ironically, also the phrase God likes me is also difficult. I don't know, there's something there. Um, God loves me. It's, it's even harder to just let him do it. Just, just love me. I, I don't quite know how to slow down and let myself be the recipient of it. I, I know that it is, it's pride. It's masquerading as humility, but it's pride that makes it hard to be the recipient of extravagant love. I mean, I've been on the receiving end of anonymous cash gifts, friends showing up in really difficult times and just being so exceedingly generous with time, even just people catching my truly vulnerable moments. And sometimes I don't want to receive it. I balk at the money or the kindness or the, I I just don't like it coming toward me because I I don't want to let someone else, when I know their time is finite and I know that their finances are strapped, it feel, I feel like don't, please don't give it to me. Which, as I've been thinking this week, I think it means I don't want them to love me. Like how wicked is my heart there? I'm trying to rob a brother or sister in Christ of the opportunity to respond to God's love for them by loving me. That's that's what they're doing. And I'm blocking God from loving me through them. We get to be loved by God and we get to love God and we get to love others. Ooh, it's good. Back to 1 John 4. We're gonna jump a bit to verse 19. We love Because he first loved us. That's a fitting summary of this whole last set of thoughts. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they've not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Um, Kara and I and some of y'all as well y'all were there. Um, Got to see our boy Kyle Jackson this week. I think he just slipped backstage, but he was just here tonight. And he was was at a house show recently, and he was singing stuff that he wrote. He doesn't get to do that here very much, and so it was just really fun to go and support my buddy. The other band on the bill was a band called Mike Mains and the Branches. I should have heard of them far sooner. Their first album dropped the year I had kids, so I was officially uncool and out of the music scene, and I just never heard of them. So, but now I have, and I'm, I'm glad to have seen them Um, I went back and I started listening to their first album and the opening track is just an absolute earworm. Like the, it's that, that word meaning it's the, it's just insanely catchy. You can't get it out of your head. And these lyrics have just been repeating in my head for the last two weeks. It's a part of the song that's just got this building intensity. And he says, I didn't die for you to live like this. I didn't die for you to live like this. I didn't die for you to live like this. Oh, I died for you to love. I died for you to love. And y'all, y'all do it. Y'all do it so well. You bear the image of the God of love by by manifesting love in the world in tangible ways. So I wanted to take just a minute or two and share some stories about either y'all loving God and loving others or just being loved by God and being loved by others. So, The first was just, you've seen the slide we've been sharing the last couple of weeks about the the needs we have, the serving needs to be filled. And um, as some of you have stepped up to fill those needs, I've heard the same story repeated over and over. And that, it just has surprised me. It was, it's this. 
I was worshiping with another body of believers and I was serving there and I just got burnt out. It just toasted me. I, they asked too much or I, I, didn't, I didn't put up good boundaries and I just, and that was it. And then we landed at Mosaic because we could just be here and just be people here. Not because of the jobs we could do, but we could be here and be loved as individuals. And after taking a season to catch your breath and, and be loved well, you're stepping in to love God and love others well by serving again. Like in the point, in the place of injury and weakness, you're, you're, you're coming back to it. You've healed and you're like, this isn't too much for me. I'm going to do it again with healthy boundaries. And I'm just humbled that you'd step in again. I'm thinking of the Curtises and Scott. He's actually back there tonight. And Patty singing with the choir last week. Um, and, and maybe with that story fresh in mind, just as an aside, if it's still your story, that you're just toasty, we're not asking anything of you. That's great. Be here and heal up. And I hope down the road that that's your story too, that you're healed up and you're like, man, I can't wait to just love some people here and make them feel loved, okay? So that's good. Don't jump in yet. Um, another story. I've been humbled over and over again by our high schoolers. They are still kids. I know they're kids, but sometimes they are the most spiritually mature ones in the room. I'm just leveled by them. Um, I watched them last week. They, they broke into little groups before they were all singing in the Mo Choir, and they were spread out backstage just praying with one another. And I was just humbled by that. Like, y'all are praying for each other and praying for the night. That's so good, so good. And then they came out here and they sang and there's a Chick-fil-A nugget tray waiting back there for them when they get back. And you would expect dinner time, they're gonna run back there and start eating. And instead, they finished singing in here in the Mo Choir. Nick got up to preach. They went backstage, fired up the piano back there and kept singing because they, like, they just had to keep singing. They just had to keep telling God how good he is and they just had to keep encouraging each other. And that's, that's a picture somebody snapped of them doing it. I'm just floored by that. I'm floored by it. There's, this is the same group of kids. There's a handful of them that go down to Samaritan in Springdale on Wednesdays. And they're, they're just trying to love some of the unhoused or under-resourced folks coming in looking for help. I think that's cool. Um, I keep hearing stories about our sage women. I, 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 I just know that life isn't easy for a lot of you. That, that the older you get, the harder it is for your body to do the same, same things it used to do. And it's, so much of it is just managing symptoms and pain and the next thing and the next treatment. And that's hard. And yet, I also know you're carrying the, the deepest griefs you've ever carried. Like, life is really heavy sometimes. And yet, you are showing up again and again and again for one another, but you're also welcoming the next lady's hurt or loneliness or grief or pain with so much love. And we hear your stories, and I'm blessed by them. And we've got mamas. Their own bodies are swelling with an infant on the way. Some of them are even navigating their own deep uncertainties about their pregnancies, but they're opening their homes to other moms, and they're trying to make those early years of parenting not nearly so isolating. They're loving God and loving others in the process. Mosaic, you, you bear the image of the God of love when you manifest love in the world in tangible ways. You do. And so I wanted just to end kind of in a high space tonight. Uh, this final quote, it's from George MacDonald. His daughter had written him and asked, just help me get my hands around love. And this is part of his attempt to explain love to his daughter Mary. He says, God is so beautiful and so patient and so loving and so generous that he is 
the heart and soul and rock of every love and every kindness and every gladness in the world. All the beauty in the world and in the hearts of men, all the painting, all the poetry, all the music, all the architecture comes out of his heart first. He is so lovable that no heart can know how lovable he is, can only know it in part. When the the best man loves God best, he, that man, does not love God nearly as God deserves or as that man will love God in time. We get to be loved by this God and we get to love this God and love others for a lifetime and then for an eternity, just on out. So in an abrupt turn to end our night together. Uh, We started with a game. I set the kids' stuff down for a minute. We're gonna pick it back up. This is the moment you all have been waiting for, screaming in church together. Uh, This is how it's gonna go. I'm gonna turn my mic off so I don't scream into a microphone. That's a very unpleasant experience. I'll yell loudly, tonight we get to, and you'll yell back, love God, and I'll yell, and we get to, and you'll yell, love others. And you're gonna be kind to me by not making me do that really dumb thing that people have to do, like, come on, I can't hear you, and then we got to start over. Like, So just do it once, and we'll all be done, okay? And I also didn't make any of us do the announcement time rap, which is another big kids thing, so nobody had to stand up and dance. So you can definitely just yell four words, and you'll be fine, okay? And then when it's done, because screaming is abnormal for this context, we're going to have a silent Selah pause, just to let it ring in your ears for a little while. And I hope that the thing that rings in your ears love God, love others, and that you will just reflect and respond for a moment with him there. And then we'll sing a little bit more together. So, mic off.
we sit together all as one, as family, but Lord, ultimately knowing that we are yours and you love us and it's a gift to be shoulder to shoulder in order to know you and love you and love those around us even more. We love you, God. Pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. So we get to be loved by God. We get to love God. We get to love others. To put it in front of you again, the serving needs are dropping. Thanks for stepping in and filling those. Lots of opportunities, not just to love God and others, but to be loved by him. I showed up one of my first Sunday mornings in FSM 23 years ago and jumped into the tech team, not realizing it was a year-long commitment, but it showed up anyway. And um, it, uh, it was a community of people that like welcomed me in. I, I got the wedding that I said I was in on Thursday. The guy doing the tech was my tech team leader from 23 years ago. And I still see him and he still gives me a massive hug every time he sees me. Mike is a, a good dude. And uh, so it's, it's what we want for you too. If you're feeling unconnected around here, this is a good way to meet some people, rub some shoulders with people and really uh, find your place here and feel like you belong. So we want it for you, not from you, okay? A couple other things to put in front of you. The prayer team, uh, they're here. They would love to pray with you. There's a couple rows in the back of each side there. Uh, go sit, and somebody would love to come sit with you and pray with you. Or if you like to pray with people and you haven't gotten on our radar, go back and sit and see if you can find somebody to pray with. And if you're brand new, we, we want to not miss you in the crowd. We want to know that you're here. And so the info booth is a great place just to say, hey, I'm here. Uh, what do you want from me? Or how do I get plugged in here? What, how do I meet people? Or what do I need to know about? Um, and other than that, I can say, Mosaic, I love you. So go in peace to love and serve the Lord. And the people said, thanks be to God. Good night.